So again, I'll thank, say thank you so much. Uh, I, I imagine you're a very busy person. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's these, this time is, I mean, I'm, I'm working on so many projects at the same time mm. and now I'm opening a gym uh, over the years. I, yeah, I got offered many years. The last couple of years, I got a lot of people who offered me to open a gym. I always said no. Mm. And this time it was a good opportunity. And I was like, you know what? As busy as I am, I'm like, you know what? Just, just say yes, do it and figure it out. So that's, nice. that's what I'm doing. Congratulations. Uh, already, I want to want to ask right away. Um, is it going to be self-defense uh, focused, Jim, or is something else is going to be part of it? Like how, how, how do you plan? Uh, I'm, I'm doing like, because I'm also a strength training coach. I've been doing that mm. for you know, uh, close to 20 years. I've been in the martial arts, self-defense. And at 23, I was already teaching and training. Mm. And it's been 10 years. A lot of my business is, um, is self-defense, but half of it is uh, training as well, strength training and functional mm. training. So I'm basically opening a gym now that will combine boxing, kickboxing, self-defense with the training all together. I'm, I'm creating my own method and my own system that will put, you know, it's going to put all of them together all in one. So people mm. can get a good workout and learn actual practical self-defense at the same time. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, the, the reason I wanted to also ask that is because uh, first, I think it was a fairly short time that I was involved in the self-defense community. Uh, but I already picked up that it seems to be a hard thing to uh, run a gym based only on self-defense, yeah. especially, I mean, and from my impression, uh, it's because you learn the main information, you learn some drills, but it's not something that people are uh, pumped up to go for every day. You need something uh, else. Seems I like totally it. agree. Like, I mean, um, that's why the trainers I know who do self-defense and whatever also do strength training. Mm. Uh, my, 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 my business online is self-defense. This is what right. I'm internationally known. My local business is mostly for strength training. Now I get, you know, I train, I'm training kids for bullying. I train adults, they come in, but the fact that I have a big repertoire, I put it all in together. So, um, for sure, if you're opening a gym just on self-defense, it's very hard for you to sustain that. Mm. You need to have those classes of fitness. Because not everybody wants to walk into the gym and get hit in the head and, you know, get punched mm. in the face. You know, the lawyer who's 45 years old, who wants to get in shape and learn a little bit self-defense, he doesn't want to go with a shiner in court. You know what I mean? Yes, of so course, of course. You have to find that perfect balance. And, and you're right. It's not easy if you're mm. only doing self-defense. Mm, right. Uh, and uh, you mentioned the system that you're putting together. Can you say a few words on what's going to be the, the essence of it? Um, See, the, the essence of like the gym is going to be a good 60% of strength training mm. and a good 30, 40% of self-defense movements, mm. right? Like, like training at the same time, obviously some boxing, you keep boxing and some, so it's going to be like a 60, 40 balance. Mm. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be high intense, hit workouts, uh, it's not going to be so much classes. I might be doing more of those on a private time, right? but it's going to be more like, like circuit training that puts these movements, movements together. Because again, most people that I meet just want to get in shape. Mm. The people who want to do self-defense, it's mostly private sessions. So I, I've kind of mm. split it up that way. 
Nice to see. Uh, something else that comes to my mind as you're, as you're talking about this, uh, one of the myths, I come from a traditional martial arts background and okay. one of the most traditional, which is uh, Aikido. D depends on okay. how you define traditional, but basically meaning soft, I guess, or yeah. not very effective. But anyway, uh, there's a myth there, uh, and I consider it to be a myth, that strength does not matter. You know, that whole Kung Fu, Aikido, you know, you just blend with the attack and it doesn't oh matter what size it is. So okay. <laughs> I see you already have something to add. But you know, you know what I tell these people yeah. when I hear this shit? I go, go work in a club. Go work at a club as a bouncer, okay? Yeah. When you're 180 pounds like me mm. and come face to face with somebody who's over 200. And once you hit the 220 mark, and I don't give a shit how fast you are, how good you are. Mm -hmm. Look, you have elements in your favor, speed, agility, power, right? Mm -hmm. You know how to move. When the guy's 220, 230, 250, and you crash, I call that crashing when you go boom. And I felt it went bam, I clinched or it went close quarter. And suddenly you feel the weight. You're like, oh, like, fuck, I better move fast. I better get out of the way. I'm not saying it's the only factor. But it's a major factor, a big factor that if you neglect, you're going to be caught off surprise. So when I hear people say that, I go, okay, obviously you've never fought anybody bigger than you or you've never been in a real fight. Yeah. Because I could tell you at 5'11", 180 pounds, working at the club and being faced with guys who are 230, 240, 260, 300, mm. you know that like, yeah, one shot from these guys, even if they don't know how to transfer proper weight, Mm -hmm. there's still that weight behind you. And I tell this, I've, I've got in the ring with these guys. I've grappled with these guys. I've sparred with these guys. Yeah, I'm fast. But if they connect once, their one shot is 10 of mine. You know what I mean? Now yeah. I'm exaggerating because yeah. it's still technique and explosive power. And that's why I tell people, if you're going to do self-defense, right? Like you want to have all those bars, like in a video game, agility, speed, timing, mm -hmm. footwork explosive power i'm 42 and i still train the shit out of that stuff i was doing it today and i'm always trying to find new ways to become i always think i'm to train for superman i'm fucking training to fight superman every every every, every little bar i gotta get it up yeah nice yeah for me uh right now i'm doing uh, full-time mma training with the professional team so there's ufc fighters and and other super high level guys and i'm like kind of like you know it almost doesn't make sense that i'm there but they let me train That's so amazing. i train you, you want to learn go train with those guys now now here's the thing yeah. sorry i'm cutting you off it's because it's yeah, yeah, yeah please go ahead. like if you're doing the mma thing which is yeah. awesome because they've they've actually took all the system the shortcuts of every system and put it together mm. right your boxing mm. kickboxing tie boxing grappling jiu -jitsu, Overall, now you take some principles of self-defense and you mm -hmm. implement them in there. Then you yeah. have more or less a complete fighter, right? Like okay. you teach them about awareness, about how to trap a knife, how to position mm -hmm. if, who you're going to strike first in a multiple attacker. And you learn some strategies, some self-defense mm -hmm. strategies. You're better off that than, than just, you know, doing only self-defense or yeah. only doing a martial art that, you know, probably or most probably won't work in real life because i spent years training it and mm. i remember working in the club i learned all this fancy shit and then i realized holy fuck this is not like what i've trained for 
you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely, so, I've been there. <laughs> uh, there's there's a few already uh, things coming up from you here as well, but, yeah. but that's one of the big ones uh, about, I was interested to ask you about your background. And uh, it seems like many people start off with martial arts and yeah. they realize that, hopefully they realize the limitations of it, that martial arts and self-defense are somewhat related, but they're separate realms. Absolutely. And, and so did you go through that path of kind of figuring out the limitations of martial arts and then opening up to self-defense or how, how was your journey? So like about, I was about eight or nine. Uh, I grew up in Park X, which is like a, probably one of the lower class, I could probably say in, it's considered one of the poorest in Canada actually. So I, and I grew up like, you know, it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? Uh, there was gangs and, you had to kind of scrap it out your way and sometimes you ran and sometimes you fought and mm. sometimes you took a beating and you know, that's what it was. So I started doing Kung Fu at that time. Mm. I was doing Silam Hangar. I was at nine and I did it till 10, 11 or 12. Then I did some Taekwondo and then I did some boxing. I did the martial arts and realized a lot of stuff they were teaching me. To, like even at a young age, I'm like, shit doesn't work. <laughs> I started figuring around because like, I, I, I kind of grew up in the streets. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I didn't grow up you know, we grew up in survival mode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I knew stuff didn't work. And as I got older, I started, I, like, I did Aikido. Like, mm. for like three months, I walked in, okay, okay, this shit won't help me. I'm out. <laughs> right? I did Taekwondo. Right? I'm like, okay, it's great. I learned how to throw a kick. But I picked up the, like, what, I, I think one of my gifts are, is mm. I'm able to see what works. I'm able to see a system and say, okay, I like this part, take it out. I like that part, take it out and put it together i also mm. have the eye when i look at a video to be like okay this guy's full of shit i don't think he has a million subscribers he's full yes. of crap and what he's teaching is going to get you killed yes. and i know it you know i could see it right away because i have experience in this especially the real lesson was when i started working in clubs mm -hmm. that's mm. when i said okay how many strikes have i really used like five <laughs> Yeah. So I don't need the other 30. I'm, I'd rather mm -hmm. practice on those five. Mm -hmm. How many blocks do I really need? Five, six, whatever it is. That's all I'm going to train. So mm -hmm. what I tell people, it's not about training more. It's about training, learning, learning less and training more. Mm -hmm. So learn little, but train the fuck out of it. Yeah. So you, like, if you learn how to throw those five, six strikes properly, you won't need the back spinning kick, front kick, all this stuff. So you yeah. focus on what works. Absolutely. For me, uh, the way you explained it, I think explains one of the reasons why I really enjoy uh, and like your work. Because as you said, there's sometimes, there's people who are full of shit and there's people who yeah. are in between, which is the hard, Could, diff I, the, the difficult part. You agree with that? <laughs> see, see, what's really interesting. Sorry, sorry man, yeah, you're go getting me going because you're asking, <laughs> some, really good, you're asking yeah. some really good questions. Because mm. I, I had this debate. Some people, like, some people really think what they're teaching works. Yeah. It's not their fault. That's all they learn. Yeah. There's, no, there's no personal experience to it. So they think mm -hmm. it works. So these guys are not fake. They're actually real in their beliefs. Mm -hmm. Then you have other people who are teaching, who think it actually works, who have never tested it, mm -hmm. but will come out with all this garbage on like mm -hmm. how it works and how they've made it work. And I could tell if you're teaching this, it's impossible. You've been in a fight or you know what you're teaching. Cause that 
So mm. when I, and, and this is very important because people are going to watch this video. Yeah, I tell people, so. don't look at the guy wearing his commando suit. Don't look <laughs> at the guy bragging about how many fights he's been into. Don't mm. look at the guy who is trained. Take everything out and look at the content. What is mm. he saying and what is he teaching? Does it make sense? And I mm. tell people, question everything. I tell people, question me. You have the right to question what I teach because it's your life. So when people mm. tell me, if somebody tells me, well, I don't think it works, I'm like, great, why? Because of mm. these reasons. Oh, it's an interesting point. Here's why I think it works and we could have a debate. Mm. Now, when you tell me your video sucks, it would never work, tell me what, it just does? Yeah. Then you're just, there's no substance to it, you know? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah, for me, uh, I also came to that point of realizing that there's that middle realm, which is kind of some of the stuff maybe could work, but also there's a lot of shit. And I think that's where people get confused. So your videos was one of those rare sources where I, I knew that, okay, I can pretty much grab any video of yours yeah. and just cut a snippet of it. And I know it's going to be legit. It seems like you really have that good bullshit detector and you don't go for bullshit. Oh, uh, and, and you know what, this is why my channel is not, uh, the most popular channel, even though people <laughs> love my shit. My channel yeah. is not popular because yeah. I'm not the theatr I'm not theatrical. Yeah. I'm not here to like, you know, make a movie. I'm just here to teach shit, right? And, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I, and I keep it simple as well as I tell you and other people who are going to watch this video. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't get into the political self-defense game. Yeah. None, none of us are reinventing the wheel. I tell mm -hmm. pe people wrote to me, oh, do you mind if I take your content? Take it, knock yourself out, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. I, I, I don't own anything. If it's there to, I'm there to help people. So if you see something and you want to take it and you want to use it and you want to make it better, more power to you. Writing them emails. I mean, Nick, you know what? I took this drill and I did this and I added this and I came up with this. Awesome, man. Because at the end, and you don't know me personally, but I, I, I'm not one of these egomaniacs trying to say yeah. I'm re revolutionizing something. Yes, I'm coming <laughs> up with some good stuff. Mm. I, the difference between me is I pressure test my shit. So I'll give you a really good example. Mm -hmm. I get the most common co comment is you're an idiot against the knife. Just run. A lot of people tell me that, right? Mm -hmm. I get the knife, just run. You're stupid. And I made a video. I'm the first person to make a video mm. on pressure testing against a knife. Now other guys are making them yeah. because I question everything. Mm -hmm. So I took, I took Helen. I said, Helen, I'm going to give you a marker. I'm going to run through the door. We're six mm. feet away. Ready? When I say go, I run, you attack mm. me. I got cut every time. Mm. So yeah. I pressure test my shit full out with helmets, with big guys, small guys. And I put together, okay, what actually works? What doesn't work? Uh, so I pre like I've, I've been in real situations working in the clubs. But if I haven't, it's about testing it full out with logic and being mm -hmm. like, okay, what are, what are my hired? Look, there's, there's no, there's no black or white. Mm -hmm. I, there's no system that's foolproof. It's all shades of gray. And mm -hmm. I tell people it's all about pro possibilities and probabilities. That's it. And that's all. And the more training, you know, you train, the more, you know, okay, if a guy is six feet away and I'm sitting in a chair, there's a door 10 feet away. What's, what's my best chance of survival running to the door, picking up the chair. I'm going to pick up the chair. Mm -hmm. That's what self-defense is. That's what I try to do to teach people to use this before anything else. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. For me, it's uh, interesting. You're bringing up the, the running away. And I guess that, that was part of my awareness that 
running away is definitely not always the option. And, and no. people are silly and just thinking like, run away and that's it. There's so much to it. I mean, there's so much context going on. Uh, but I never actually thought about full-on pressure testing just running. I, I thought I experienced like simulations where you make a few strikes and the, the person is, is down for a moment and then you run away. But I never thought, okay, let's just try running away. I think that, that's brilliant. Well, so, here's the thing, right? When you run against the knife, because I, I do a lot of knife training, mm-hmm. uh, if you're in a soccer field and you run and you got 10 feet from your attacker, it's okay. You might make it, hoping you run faster than him. But the moment you add something like opening a door, unlocking a door, moving a tape, anything, Mm. it it, it changes the whole dynamic. So that's that's how I try to be innovative. That's how I try to teach real self-defense. That's how I try to pressure testing. Because here, here, and this is a message to the instructors that are going to watch this video. If you make self-defense videos, we have the moral and social responsibility to give as much as possible real information or information that is tested, information that is as much as possible, as closest to reality that we could, that will protect and save your life. Mm-hmm. So I never want to get somebody telling me, you know what, Nick, I tried your shit and I almost got killed. Mm-hmm. I want to get emails and phone calls like the guy who got attacked in an event at a concert and he picked up the chair because he watched one of my video and he hit the guy's hand with a knife and he dropped and he managed to survive. Or the kid in London who got stabbed, he told me I got stabbed twice and the second time I trapped the knife, I started hitting him because I remember watching the video. Mm. So those little things is what gives me gratification in what I do. And like I said, the self-defense instructor have those moral and social responsibility because you as the viewer, who's 16, 17 years old, and I'm thinking of my son, who's mm-hmm. 11, who's, who's going to watch a video about, you know, grab the guy's knife and, you know, throw a backflip or some stuff, stupid shit. He might try that thinking it works and it's going to get him killed. And guess what? To a certain degree, I'm responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I look at when I make a video. Mm-hmm. It is something that frustrates me as well. And I used to be an Aikido instructor, like a full-on uh, uh, professional instructor. And uh, I, I, I was brainwashed to believe that I'm teaching self-defense, that okay. it is Aikido is self-defense. It took me some time to realize it's not. I was somewhere in, in between. I was questioning and I realized, okay, this is not really self-defense. But part of me was still thinking, like, it has some use. And it does, but, you know, so little. But just very quickly, one thing that, that eventually after I woke up, uh, I, I became frustrated about. Uh, those people who teach, let's say, Aikido or, or Kung Fu or any other martial art, like there's some in back in my country, Lithuania, which is a small country still, I guess, developing in some ways, there would be like a self-defense course and they're teaching, it's it's officially dubbed as self-defense course, and they're teaching Ving Chun basics. Like, you know, the, their specific stance, the, the whole hand movements. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is, this is not self-defense at all. This is Ding Chen. How can you dub it as that? And for me, that seems like a sin. That's such a bad thing to do. I don't know but if here, you feel that way as well. He, yeah. he, he, here, here's the problem. I'll, I'll share with you. This is a true story. Hmm. And, um, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was, uh, I was a little bit of a gung-ho kid, right? I was working in the clubs. Hmm. Uh, I didn't, I was a good kid, but I, like, I had a, I had like something to prove when I was younger, right? I was like mm. a little bit of a, a little bit of a tough guy, and I'm, you know, mm. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't mind picking a scrap, and I would challenge people, and I would, I wouldn't back up from anything. Now, thank God, you know, what I mean, uh, I got much wiser, and and and, mm. and I've changed who I am. And I remember I walked in an Aikido school, mm. and 
they were doing all these fancy flips and kicks and shit like that. Like they were doing all these wrist locks and everybody's flipping over. And I'm like, I'm looking, I'm sitting it. I'm like, I don't think that shit works. Yeah. So I, I, the class was over. I said, uh, I, I look at the, the, the master. Mm-hmm. I go, you know, I go, I have a hard time believing that this works. I go, I don't believe you'll be able to grab my hand and flip me over that way in full, you know, even in medium speed. Mm. He looks at me, he goes up to me, would you like to try? Okay. And I'm like, actually, yeah, man. <laughs> I remember on my backpack and I'm like, yeah, you know, cause I was, I was walking out and I, but I wanted to talk to you. It's yeah. like, yeah. So I took off my backpack. I took off my jacket. I was like, so, so I, like I'm about to get on the mat. And then I see him and, and he grabs a student and his student walks up to me, goes, uh, you know, thank you for coming to the gym. Here's the pamphlet. If you have any information. Wow. So I could see, I could see, and you know, I'm not the type to be like, Oh, what the fuck? You know I'm like? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, I just, I just walked out and here's the thing. Some of these people teaching self-defense actually believe they're teaching self-defense. Yeah. Ignorance, ignorance is bliss. And mm. Aikido has great principles, like, you mm. know, feeling your opponent's energy, moving out of the way, redirecting. Mm. There's some good principles. Is it a full system of self-defense? No, they're good principles. And it's about knowing what part in peace to take out, mm. yeah. you know? So, but I, you know what? I, I, again, even that, like, I mean, I hate saying one system is better than the other. Mm-hmm. And this is good. This doesn't work. At the end, sometimes you have to experience it yourself. Mm. And the best way to know if your shit really works in self-defense, it's not through getting in the ring. It's through doing full-out scenarios. Mm. Put on some headgears. Get like two or three guys that you, you know, kind of know but don't really know and say, you know what, guys? I want to do a scenario. What is that? One of you grab a, a marker, put on some gloves. I want you to just do a scenario and pick a fight with me. At any point, any of you hit me. Just do it. Mm. Add verbal, add, add, add all that from beginning to end. That's the best way to really test your shit out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll come back to that. But uh, before I go too far in that direction, I wanted to actually come back a little bit to your story. And uh, I was interested to ask, uh, what brought you to work at the doors? Like, was it a desire to realize what works and doesn't or just financial matters? How did uh, it come about? I, I, man, you know, uh, uh, my life's been, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the streets. I was kicked out of high school at 16 years old. At 16, I was kicked out of high school. Okay. Um, I never, I'm, I'm still a high school dropout. You know what I mean? I still, <laughs> manage, I still manage to find my passion and make a great career. And I love what I do. Okay. Uh, I was in, in, in the fighting arts since I'm a, I'm a kid. Mm. Um, and then I worked in bars and it was the easiest money I could make. You know what mm. I mean? I was working Friday, Saturday. I was making about five, five, six hundred bucks a week cash in the two days, plus some tips. Mm. Plus I was, it allowed me to train. So it was really, it was nothing more than money mm-hmm. because, you know, I needed to work and I didn't have much else to do. And at the same time, I'm like, well, look, if I'm like, I, I knew how to fight. This is what mm. I did. I go, might as well become a better fighter, learn what really works. And at the same time, make some money, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. it was a combination of two where I went there for the money. And then I realized, holy shit, I got to be in shape if I'm going to be a doorman and fight like some big fucking guys. Mm -hmm. So I go, I might as well, I might as well. And that that's without 
without any um, without any idea, it happened on its own. Where I was like, "Holy shit! Somebody got stabbed today. What the fuck happened?" Mm-hmm. Or when you're in a brawl in a club, and the lights are flashing, mm-hmm. and you don't know who's who. You don't know who's got the knife, who's hitting, yeah. who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. In a few seconds, you gotta assess the situation, and you gotta make a decision. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I actually elbowed one of the guys I worked with because he grabbed me from behind <laughs> and I elbowed him. I fucking went fly. He's like, you elbowed me in the fucking face. I'm like, don't grab me from behind. And a lot of yeah. these guys weren't trained. Back mm-hmm. then when I worked as a doorman 20 years ago, and now, now you have to get your papers and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, back then it was just like, you're big, you know how to fight or you know something. Yeah. You're a doorman, you know what I mean? So some of these guys were a little bit knuckleheads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They were just big. So I, I would actually kind of train them and tell them guys okay here's some rules if there's a knife you gotta scream out knife Mm -hmm. i need to know there's a knife anybody sees a weapon you scream weapon Mm -hmm. two don't go behind me three if you talk to somebody no i'm gonna be positioned here because i'm gonna be coming in this way you look you know i always had a plan and a strategy with them but that Mm -hmm. you only learn while you do it you can't you can't learn this shit unless you like i can never talk about what it is to go to war i've never been to war but a soldier who's been to war, I want to know, okay, what is it like? You know sure. I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's real experience, you know? Right. I, I realized that that's such a complicated field in terms of so many variables are in working at the door. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm curious whether something was kept recurring for you, like like a preemptive strike or, or some strategy was prevailing that, that you kind of uh hold on to until you started teaching self-defense or Man, it was always different you, you know what's really interesting and this is this is i think this is what separated me as an instructor mm. um i used to work at the club friday saturday sometimes thursday so i used to see at least two thousand people on a weekend mm. now you're talking about throwing out the drunk kid who really doesn't want to fight to mm. being surrounded by three four gang members who you know these guys might come back and shoot you so mm. I've seen them all, right? Mm. It's fucking scary shit. Anybody who glorifies mm. fighting is like, oh yeah, I've been in a hundred fights. Then you're fucking stupid, <laughs> right? Because you should have you should have defused like ninety percent of them, mm-hmm. right? And you fight only when you have to. Mm. Probably the most significant thing I learned working in clubs is before the first strike, mm. the most common things that people do: mm. the awareness, the body language, the behavior. Mm. Uh, profiling, reading the person, knowing when they're going to hit, knowing with what hand they're going to hit, understanding all the cues and signs. It was like fucking textbook. <laughs> most of the people did the same thing, yeah. right? Uh, most of them came in your face, angled off, shifted weights, mm-hmm. uh, shifted the weight, tried to intimidate you by coming close, challenged you from far. If they had a weapon, some of them fake to have a weapon. I had a guy tell him, go to his trunk, open his trunk, tell me I'm going to shoot you. And I remember I'm standing with Rick at the door. I'm like, does he have a gun? I go, I don't know, man. I can't see. I go, what's the plan? As soon as he, if I see a gun, we close the door. We fucking, we go upstairs. We call the cops because we're too far to run towards him. We'd be stupid. But yeah. like, I mean, when, the more scenarios you've been like that, the more your brain goes, mm-hmm. and finding solutions. Mm-hmm. So that and and that is what i want to focus on a lot when i teach people mm-hmm. and the diffusion you could you could diffuse most of the fights mm. like learning how to talk to him controlling their mind through verbal and the situation 
de-escalating it and really going preemptive, like only when you need to. And mm -hmm. one of the other things I learned is to hit the person a split second before he's about to hit you. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I remember one time at the club, I mean, it happened so fast. I kicked out a couple of guys. There was a fight. And I remember the guy goes, to me, holy shit, you were so fast. I'm like, I wasn't that fast. I just knew exactly when he was going to throw his punch because most guys mm -hmm. are like, Ugh. <laughs> they'll tell you, bro, you want to fight and they'll angle off. And I'm not talking about a trained fighter. I'm talking about the street yeah. guy. Sure. And sometimes fighting the street guy is harder than fighting the MMA guy because mm -hmm. a street guy is unpredictable, is wild. Some of them have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. They don't give a fuck. They're mm -hmm. more dangerous because they're, they're, it's more chaotic. Sometimes mm -hmm. I prefer to fight a fighter than mm -hmm. that guy who's like all over the place because a fighter, you kind of know the angles where some of these guys are like <laughs> these wild punches and you're like, what the fuck is that? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine who's a bouncer kind of enlightened that to me. And, and he said his colleague uh, who was working at the door was a high-level boxer. And he would be in trouble when those haymaker guys came in because he was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so. But you see, when, when somebody says that, mm. I know they have experience. Yeah. So when I see, and I don't want to shit on people, because here's a, another thing. Mm. I don't believe in being, I don't believe in saying, he sucks, he shit, so I can make myself be better, mm. right? So, like, some people will, will shit on other people so they can make themselves better. Mm. I believe you train to be the best and let everybody catch up to you. Sure. So that's why I've never shitted on anybody or any mm. channel. And some mm. people have shit on me. I don't really care. I'll mm. never do that because I let people decide, you don't like my channel, go see somebody else. You like it? And that is my... That is my uh, my my theory on 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 teaching and training and um and when i see when i when i hear somebody talk like your friend i know mm. right away that he's not full of shit because mm. i could watch a video i could hear and be like okay the guy knows what he's talking about mm -hmm. it, it, it it makes sense because there's a certain level of 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 shit that's gonna happen that almost always looks the same when we're looking at violent confrontation more or less Hmm. like it, i i saw yeah. sorry i saw a kid he got stabbed right mm -hmm. and the kid died in front of me i remember mm -hmm. i remember going to bed that night i couldn't sleep and i was with my ex-girlfriend at the time and mm -hmm. for like a week when i would close my eyes i would see the kid like and i still till today i still remember what he was wearing where i was everything never forget mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. And there's a stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's like, I don't, I don't, it didn't, it didn't like, I mean, it didn't, I mean, it was enough for me to feel it. I remember going to class that week and teaching knife defense and I'm mm -hmm. teaching knife defense and everybody's kind of like, they're taking it as a joke and I lost it. I said, yeah. guys, at the end, it's your life. Mm -hmm. I know what to do. But if you want to come here and fuck around and joke and you think this is funny, at the end, if you get attacked, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody get stabbed. This shit happens. Maybe chances are slim to none, but at least fucking you're here. Train it with everything you have and learn this shit for good because it's your life and it's your job and your only job to protect it. It's not going to be the police. It's not going to be people. It's not. It's your life. It's your responsibility at 100%. If anybody helps, it's a bonus. But at the end, you got to learn how to protect it A to Z. Mm. 
in terms of those guys who kind of convince themselves that they know that stuff, although they haven't really been in there, yeah. uh, what do you think, where does that come from? What would you say is the ego or what's, what's your perception on that matter? Um, here, here's the thing. And, and I, I was training with somebody in the martial arts hmm. and uh, he was honest enough to tell me, you know what, Nick, uh, my shit doesn't work. And he was training with me. I spent all my years learning this. And he goes, he goes, and, and, and I, I was teaching him and he goes, what you have that I don't have is that you have actual stories. You have mm -hmm. actual experience. I'm just repeating what you've taught me. Mm -hmm. And I think for some of these guys, they hold on to this because if you spend 20 years training in something, the last thing you want to know, you spend 20 years learning something that doesn't work. Yeah. Right? So one, it's a little bit your ego. One, it's like, I don't want to go there. Just let me be. And this is, this is what's giving me, making me feel good or my power about what I do. Mm. And three, they have no experience mm -hmm. for them to say, okay, shit, does this, does this work? If you don't, so it's like, you know, one master taught another student, another student taught, but there's no personal experience in it, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I, I, people don't know, I've been in the ring, I've boxed, I've kickboxed, I've been in the cage, I've done all that. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy doing it anymore. I'm 42. My knee hurts. I've had concussions, broken ribs, ACL, rotator cuff. My body's fucking so. I still do it from time to time because I like mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't enjoy getting hit in the head anymore. Mm -hmm. You know. But I still have. I got that experience, and that's that is my source of teaching. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's really it comes from that. And it, I won't lie to you. Sometimes. I, I thought I know all the club owners in Montreal. At some point, mm. I thought of maybe going back working at a club, just to like, it's the best way to <laughs> test your shit out. It's yeah. the best. It's the closest way you could, other than that, than going out and picking a fight. Or the other mm. thing I do is where I go out in my social experiments and I ask people yeah. to randomly attack me, punch me, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I feel that's one of the reasons. Uh, there's few reasons why I didn't stay, uh, at least at the moment, in the self-defense realm or teaching self-defense, although I, uh, got, I got certified in Spear, but uh, okay. yeah, Spear, Tony Bauer. Yeah. Uh, but then I also just went on interviewing people and train, learning from others. So I, I got a bunch of information yeah. and I taught some classes when I go, went back home. I realized I'm probably better than most of the stuff other guys can offer in the in the field i mean in the area yeah, because it's a tiny that's a country that's a great point that's that's a, not <laughs> only a tiny country online mm. as well online mm. there's a lot of like i mean like this industry is it's full of ego to be honest with you i hate the self-defense industry and there's moments mm. i thought of getting out of it because sometimes you get hate mail you get people who shit on you mm -hmm. with actually no with no substance as well in it. Yeah. But that's why I stay away from the politics. I focus on what I have to do. And, um, but there's also, you know, there's shit of people where they could touch you and drop you. There's like all kinds of people who are out there teaching shit. It's not such a tough industry to be good at. All, all it takes is for you to be authentic and real to say, guys, um, I'm going to teach you something. I've never been through this. Mm -hmm. This is what I pressure tested. This is what I think works. And this is what I'm teaching. If you mm -hmm. have anything to add, tell me. Mm -hmm. People will respect that. Then you coming out, showing some bullshit thing, and then mm -hmm. expecting people to believe it. Mm -hmm. You kind of answered my, uh, my natural question of, uh, that I wanted to ask whether you feel a person who teaches self-defense should have that experience of when going through hell. 
but I really resonate with what you're saying that, that, that I guess that's, I still think probably that's ideal to have been yeah. in those situations. But I guess the next, the, the level, level before that is just honesty and uh, look, I, it's, it's a, this, is a, this is a very good question you're asking, right? Because mm. I, I, I've been asked this question before. Mm. I said, obviously, the best is if you have real experience. Mm -hmm. So when I would teach, and you could ask my students at the time when I used to teach in schools, um, I used to share guys, I saw a fight this week, you wouldn't believe what happened. Eh, you know, two guys, one guy's telling the other guy he looks funny. This guy said he looks funny. They came to face. He didn't realize his friends were in the club, six guys. He was out with two of his buddies. He sucker punched them. His friends come out, fucking ball. These guys were fucking, they got their ass kicked. Ambulance came to pick them up. Like when you, like, when you could share a real experience, people could relate to it. And then you could teach from it. And you could create jewels from it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one. The second one, obviously, the first one's not always the best option because that means you you know, when you work in a club or when you work security, you could get your, you know, you know, I almost, you know, I had a gun put to my head and, you know, I had a guy flash a gun to my head, somebody shoot in a club, boom, boom, boom in the air, you know, shit like that. Obviously you want to avoid that one. If you don't, mm -hmm. the second one then is pressure testing, boxing, get in the ring, experience, adrenaline, fear, everything that comes with actual fighting. Mm -hmm. That to me is super important. Do full out scenarios. Uh, drills that are full contact, semi-contact. And then the third one is all the choreography bullshit that to me is like, okay, if you learn it, then you got to train it, pressure test it, and then put it in real life. Mm -hmm. So those are the three stages. Now, the first one, if you're only doing the first one, you're definitely misleading people and you definitely haven't tried anything. Mm -hmm. The second one is like you're shiner in your eyes because you stepped in the ring mm -hmm. and you got punched probably. Mm -hmm. And that's at least experience. You're like, guys, I got hit because I moved left. I thought he was going to move mm -hmm. right. I miscalculated. I got in my head. I was trying to assume. I was thinking what I was going to do, whatever it was, and you got hit. But you learn from something. Mm -hmm. And the third one is taking everything you learn and say, you know what? I'm going to go work at security for a couple of months and just experience what it is to have two, three guys telling me they're going to fucking beat the shit out of me. After the club, we're going to wait for you. And you're like, you're walking out of the club and you're in fucking code red. And like, I mean... I'm holding my fucking belt in my hand and I'm hiding it and I'm walking where the lights are and my, my fucking eyes are doing this because mm. I know they might come out, maybe not. And we're three bouncers that walk out together and at one point we have to split. We're in code red and we all know if something happens. I mean, this is shit that you think of only when mm. you've experienced it. And that's, that's my source of teaching. Mm. And like, I'm not here to tell you I'm a tough guy. I'm not here to tell you I've never mm. lost a fight. Look, I've taken a few beatings. I've been sucker punched. I've been in points where I knew, fuck. Like, I, I remember I was in one fight in a situation. Where I was like, fuck. If, if I get, if I go outside, like, I mean, I might, I'm, I might end up in a stretcher because mm. these guys were big. We were outnumbered. It was like, so. I also teach people that sometimes just put your ego, pick, pick and choose your battles. Mm. If you go walk away from it, walk away from it. But if somebody picks on you, you fight them with everything, every inch that you have. You give them everything you fucking got. That's that's mm. my mindset. Yeah, I feel I feel that's so profound that even when you speak of those situations, uh, almost like in third person, or just describe the situations, it's visible, or you can feel that you've been there. You know, you know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. So I feel that's such it gives. I I see that gives so much more impact to people that you're expressing that to, versus if you repeat the same words, if another guy repeats the same words but he hasn't been there. 
it's a different story. So. I, I always I always give the example right of the first mm. big brawl I ever and it was at Wax Lounge. So if people think I'm talking out of my ass, like I talk about where I've worked at clubs and everybody mm. in Montreal knows me as as and they used to call me the kid because I was so small compared <laughs> to these monsters, right? Yeah. So I remember the first time I was working at Wax Lounge and it was Rick and Mark were three guys in this particular club. And it was the first time there was a brawl. Mm. And I mean, we were like maybe outnumbered like 15 to three because it's a numbers game, right? Yeah. When guys come in, they're not stupid. Three bouncers were 10. We could take them. It's a numbers mm. game. Mm. I know they think like that only because mm. I have the experience. You could be a great fighter, mm. but if you got 10 guys who are willing to throw down, mm. you fucking better bet you. And you can't run. You can't just run away from the club. Yeah. You got to fight. Win or yeah. lose, you're going to fight and you're going to make sure your teammates are okay. Mm. So I remember the first big brawl that I experienced. I, I spent years training this shit. Yeah. Fight breaks out, man. I was screaming. I was yelling. I was panicking. Uh, you know what I mean? I was like, I, I had lost complete control of mm. myself. I was trying to scream because I was actually scared. Mm. Right? Mm. I was trying to create noise. Finally, I mean, we kicked them down the stairs. They were trying to punch us. We were trying to block the entrance. But I remember after that, I was shaking. I felt like vomiting from the adrenaline. My yeah. stomach was hurting. Uh, like, I mean, I was, I, I mean, I got home. I was like this and I couldn't mm -hmm. sleep. And I remember going the next day to the, the gym and being like, what the fuck happened? And it was the first time I experienced like a chaotic, explosive fight. Mm -hmm. And from there on, I learned, I said, okay, what did I do wrong? What was mm. I prepared for? How can I make drills to prepare me for these type of scenarios? Mm. And then I started developing drills from those as well. Mm. That's actually also leading into one of the questions I wanted to ask is how eventually did you mm, drift into the self-defense world? So I guess it just came of necessity for yourself. That was probably the beginning. Uh, are you talking online or how? I no, actually... Just like eventually, obviously, it went into online, but just like the first steps of where you started focusing on systemizing self-defense and, and how did it come about that you started passing over your knowledge? So it sounds like initially it was necessity for yourself. And yeah. was there a moment where others just started realizing, you know, stuff and they, they asked you for yeah, it? Yeah, like, like, I mean, after doing a lot of martial arts, a lot of sy systems, it was really when I started working in the clubs that I started realizing that, fuck, I'm learning a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot about real shit right now. And I thought I knew a lot. I learned a lot of stuff that made sense in theory that don't work. Mm -hmm. I need to share this. Mm -hmm. I need to cut out all the bullshit that I learned. And I need to create a system that's very simple and very easy to learn. Mm -hmm. And, and keep, it, keep it like with, with, with logic in mind. Mm -hmm. So it was a slow transition I, but the transition happened when I started working in the clubs. That's when I really started saying, okay, okay, what happened this week? Like a great example, right? I remember one time I clinched the guy, boom, we're close. I throw a beautiful elbow and he, his, his, his thing just rolled. Like, I mean, I didn't even knock him out, nothing. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I grabbed him. I threw a bomb strike. My glove went flying off. He grabbed me. Like, I mean, and I'm like, then I was like, I, I'm touching my jacket. I'm wearing a shirt two sweaters and a North Face jacket. It's like, oh. it's like as if I hit him with a pad, <laughs> right? Another time I went to eye gouge a guy and I was wearing my gloves without my hat came in my face. So mm. I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to start training with our clothes on. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. At one point, we were getting all the bouncers in Montreal. We're about seven, eight guys. And we'd all train together, like full-out scenarios. Guys, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Knife, okay. You two go in the bathroom. When you come out, here's the ropes, okay? Guys, go. And then we just play out scenarios, scenarios that were real. Mm. Would you, yeah, no, no, yeah go ahead. Did, did you feel that, uh, looking back, you mentioned you didn't, you couldn't overcome that by size. I mean, if they called you the kid because you were smaller, do you feel that became an advantage in terms of you realizing how self-defense works in terms of you couldn't uh, abuse a certain you know, aspect? The, all, the biggest advantage is that people never took me as a threat. <laughs> well, and I remember yeah. one time, this is a true story. I was working with a tiny, who was like a big guy. Mm. They, they were like 350 and 300. And were three. And as a doorman, I would always position myself on the side where they couldn't almost see me. Uh-huh. And, they, and when they did, they always thought, okay, I got to be scared of the two big guys. Yeah. And I remember one time, Steve goes, Steve goes, don't be afraid of me or him. You should be afraid of him. <laughs> and he, I'm standing like this, arms crossed, right? And I'm, and I'm on the side because I'm ready to put on a choke. And he doesn't even know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm choking him out. Mm-hmm. So that was my advantage that they never saw me as a threat. And mm-hmm. I was always able to position myself in a place where... I could take out the guy really, really quick because I always focused on the big guys when we know like something would happen. So that was my advantage. Mm. Uh, and a lot of times my advantage also as well is I was very good into talking. Mm. Like I had done a lot of verbal I, I, and I, I never let my ego get in the way. Mm. So even if somebody told me you're a cock-sucking bitch, your mother's a whore, I'd like, mm. look, man, that's really great. I apologize. I can't let you in. It's the rules of the club. I'm going to come back. Look, that's great, man. Like, I mean, do what you got to do. But right now, I can't let you in. Now, the instant they cross that rope, as their foot comes up, I'm smacking them. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I had rules. Like, I mean, if you come to the side and try to put your arm around me to talk mm. to me, it's like, no, no, don't do that. You mm. open the rope, that, that means you cross the boundary. You jump the rope, you cross the boundary. You come in my face, you're getting hit. So I had, like, certain things that... Once you mm-hmm. cross, you cross the line of being struck. Yeah. I feel those, from the way I understand self-defense, those are so good to have because that makes the decision-making uh, process easier. You don't have to like yeah. stress yourself about, so is this it or is that not the moment? So, so would that be part of your teaching as well to kind of help people realize what are those lines? Man, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing with martial arts mm. and self-defense, and I, I've done all of them. The most important part of the fight is everything that happens prior to when he grabs you or punches you. That means from the moment he makes visual or intuitive contact, Mm. from the moment he comes four to six feet, Mm. from the moment he's reaching a weapon or pulling it out, from the moment he speaks to you, from the moment he engages you, to the moment he makes communication, and then he strikes. So you have seven steps, more or less, until he hits you, unless it's an ambush, Mm. right? So you have seven steps. So from here to all this, what did you do to set up your first strike, to position mm. yourself, to, to know what's around you, your environment, escape plan, striking plan. Man, I focus on that, on my program, because I have a program online now. It's mm-hmm. called the Hero Program. I have 48 mm-hmm. lessons, fight analysis, a lot of videos on my mm-hmm. It's right here. I, I, co- I cover those mm-hmm. because to me, those are what you're doing MMA, but they're not teaching you. Okay. Look at the guy's hands. 
Where is he angling up? Why is he stepping back? Why is he looking to the left? Is he making a signal to his friend? You got to pick this shit up because you could be a great fighter being like, yeah, man, okay, I know, bam, and you just get nailed, yeah. just like that. Yeah. So you could be the greatest fighter, but you think it's one-on-one, -on -one, and his friend comes around, and you're not paying attention because you haven't been trained to it, and you get sucker punched, guess what? It takes one yeah. punch to knock you out. Yeah. So a lot of my emphasis goes on that because people don't teach that because people don't know how to teach it. I had mm -hmm. a Krav Maga specialist who's been doing Krav Maga for over 15 years come train with me, mm -hmm. and he did, he, we, we did two days for my instructor course. We mm. did about three, four hours of just awareness. He was mm. blown away with the drills because he goes up to me. We always talk about awareness, but we say, be aware, be aware. But I've never <laughs> done drills, exercises. Mm. I've, never under been, I've never understood what does it mean to be aware? Mm. And I focus on that so much. And if you do that, it's going to be very hard for somebody to bridge the gap, to close the gap, to go preemptive or to strike you because your awareness is so high that you're, you, you know when, why he's moving in. You know why he's angling off. You know why he's striking. As he moves it, bam, you're going to nail him right before it. I'm not even going to let him go reach a weapon. I'm not even going to let him try to get my back. I'm going to strike him right there in that preemptive strike because I know the cues and the signs. Yeah, yeah for me, I remember that was a mind-blowing moment when I started questioning martial arts uh, and trying to figure out what self-defense is, uh, one of the instructors uh, opened that up to me that if you want to run away from a fight, you actually have to train that, that it's, or any yeah. aspect, like eye gouging or anything. And in the martial arts world, I was said, uh, many times we would be told, oh, just run away or just poke an eye out or whatever. But none of that would be trained. And it's like, so how can you really, where's the, the bridge? Where's the, yeah. It's, it's not, number one, to eye gouge somebody yeah. is not that easy. Right? right. That's, that's how it goes. It's not that easy. I kind of, I've, you know, one of my philosophies is everything mm. works and nothing works. Mm. So everything mm. works, but nothing works. So don't, don't be attached to any certain yeah. move. Oh, hit him in the balls. or It all works and it all doesn't work. It really depends on what's the moment mm. and running in order for you to run, you got to be aware. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I tell people, you can't run through a wall. Can't run through a car, an elevator, a staircase. Most fights happen in close quarter range. Running is not always going to be optional. Yeah. If you could, great. The difference between avoidance and running, avoidance is I cross the street, I see he's crossing the street, then I decide to run. Mm. Yeah. But when the guy's three feet away from me and he's in, uh, he's in a, you know, I'm in the bathroom stall in a club and he's talking to me, you just can't turn around and run. Mm. You could. But then you might also setting yourself up, up for being open, you know? Yeah, right. One more technical question I wanted to ask uh, yeah. in, what, in, in terms of what you mentioned is, uh, do you, would you suggest to your students to kind of def, uh, make themselves seem like a lesser threat? So the, the, the other person would think, the threat would think that you're not as dangerous, so the surprise would be bigger if you attack, or something that you would consider, or, or what's your approach? See, I, 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 I've actually taught that, you know, lower his guard, raise his ego, Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I used to teach that and I used to be a, an advocate of that. And, and, mm. uh, it's touchy because in some cases it might work and mm -hmm. some, it doesn't. In mm -hmm. some, it's good to be like, look, man, you stay right there. Do you need something where you're asserting yourself or maybe you're just the fact that you're standing, your verbal in your body is like, shit, like, 
Am I ready to fight this guy? It's that perfect balance between I don't want to fight, but if I have to, I will. Mm. So sometimes sure. you could lower his guard to go preemptive, but sometimes you could also be assertive and talk to him in very neutral without being afraid and without overdoing it either to deter mm -hmm. the situation if possible. Mm, right. It's hard to say. It depends on each person. It's different. It's what, and you got to, you got to go with your intuition as well as that, at that time. Mm. It's great. You're saying that. And I feel that's probably intuitively why I wanted to ask you that because in the self-defense course that I went through, that was kind of the go-to, but then I feel part of me is like, as you said, there's no, it's never white or black. black there's or always, yeah. yeah uh, you always, there's always, if, if it's, if somebody says it's only one way, probably it's bullshit. So, yeah. So. And that's, and, and that's what I try to teach people. It's like, I, I always tell them, like, I go, I'm not going to be there. If mm. shit, hit, if, if you're in that situation, mm. you hopefully with enough training and enough experience or whatever you've seen, or I've taught you that you can make the best decision for you to get out of this alive mm. or with minimum damage or diffuse it. So I don't want to tell you always hit him, never hit him. It depends. It's all mm -hmm. shades of gray, right? So you have to know at what moment to push or pull or what, what strategies do I use? Because mm -hmm. I've been in situations where I diffused it because I knew that if I struck the guy, like, I mean, I knew that this is going to blow out of control. Mm -hmm. And then there was moments where I was like, fuck it. You want to go? Fucking let's go. You know what I mean? Where you just like now, like, it, it, it really, and your mindset as well at that very moment. So it's so hard to say, mm. but it's not always lower his guard and raise his ego. Uh, never strike him. Always strike him. It's mm. shades of gray. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's what I try to teach. And even my evolution over my years have changed because mm -hmm. here's the thing. Sometimes we, we learn something and we believe it. And then we see, meh. I always say, have I ever used it? Not really. Does this shit ever work? Not really. So I'm, am I teaching it because I'm conditioned and trained to teach that it works? Mm. Or, you know, what's the real reason I'm teaching it? And then you have to adapt to it. Yeah. Again, I feel that's such a profound way of looking at it because so many people reach a certain level or certain level of knowledge or skill and they decide, okay, this is it. Now I know my stuff and it kind of becomes you know, strict and formed and... There's always, there's always going to be it, something. You know, it, it's funny because people tell me, uh, what's your system called? Is it, uh, is it Krav Maga? Is it uh, combat training? What is it? I'm like, it's self-defense. <laughs> yeah, but what kind? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. I don't care. <laughs> call it whatever the fuck you want to call it because I'm not this guy into, oh, my system is better than your system and my system. I created something called the Punisher and the Punisher is an elbow with a pump strike and a left kick. If you do the punish, no, just... But like I, I, I don't give anything names, mm. right? It's, it's like a system within a system and take it and make it your own. Like you take what I teach you and take what you like and form it with your skills and your ability. If you're in a wheelchair, because I'm going to mm. make videos for a wheelchair, somebody asked me, well, mm. take what I've taught you and how can you put them in a wheelchair, the concepts? Only through mm. trial and error and testing, you could see what works. If you're a short guy who's five foot two, well, how can we adapt the training for you? Well, take what you've learned, train and see how, how that works best for you. So I think that's very important as well. And that's why there's no, there's nothing, everything is like flexible with what I teach. Mm. And like, mm. again, I don't have that 
ego where it's like my system, your system, my own, mm. you know, if you put up your hands this way or that way, this is my, like, just whatever, man. I don't give a fuck about that stuff. Mm. At the end, we're here for one thing, to teach people how to defend themselves as best mm. and as authentically to our ability. That is my social responsibility that I have. And that's why I care about what I do. I really, really care. And I continue to make videos hoping that I'm going to be able to teach real stuff in this environment of so much bullshit. Yeah. From what you're saying and, and looking at my own experience as well, it seems that self-defense, like good self-defense is all about empowering the student, the person versus the, the bullshit ones. It's all about empowering empowering this is why oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, like this is new actually and this is uh, a okay. Tom Stewart he's 62 years old right uh -huh. he watched my he watched all my videos he joined my program uh -huh. and he and he came from Toronto to train with me because I love what you do I want to train with you so mm -hmm. he came to train with me we made some videos recently on my YouTube channel uh -huh. and he goes your self-defense is empowering it's <laughs> empowered me so I decided to call it empowering personal protection it's kind of mm -hmm. my system or tagline or whatever you yeah. want to call it sure because mm -hmm. at the end that's what it does mm -hmm. it builds your confidence it builds your your self-esteem it builds and, and you and that to me that self-defense was the catalyst of of my personal development and growth as a person mm -hmm. as the kid who was bullied in the street who was kicked out of school and told he was going to be a loser and wouldn't amount to anything mm -hmm. to you know i left the house when i was 17 18 years old you know, I, I had a pretty fucked up upbringing. My, you know, mm. it wasn't easy. I've had a <laughs> fucked up hard life, man. You know, mm. and it all started with self-defense mm. and, and, and training and martial arts and self-defense was my catalyst to my personal growth. And today with, you know, today I see, I say to myself, People tell me, like, everybody says, you're so happy, Nick. You're so happy. It's like, because <laughs> I, I love what I do. Mm. I love what I do. And I say to myself, without a high school education, you know, growing up in Park Extension, without the parents' support, you know, mm -hmm. without, you know, I, I made it all on my own. Mm -hmm. My resilience, my strength, my discipline, my, my mindset was built through all of that. Where today I finally found a balance where I took my career, my, mm. my passion, I made it into a career and I'm able to share that gift with everybody. And I get stopped in the street. People tell me, man, I love what you do. Mm. And I'm like, I'm with my son. And I'm like, shit, thank <laughs> you. He's like, can I take a picture? I'm like, uh, okay, sure. Man. Like, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's unbelievable. So for me, yeah. it's, 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 it's a great journey that I'm living and I'm going to mm. continue to, to do it and push it forward to help people. And that's, that to me is my source of everything. That's what I care at the bottom line. Mm. I don't do it for the fame. I don't mm. do it to seem like a tough guy. I don't mm. do it to get people to be like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't give a fuck about that. I really, and people who know me really, I don't care. That's why mm. when people write me stupid comments, I just ignore them because mm -hmm. if you write me a comment and you tell me, Nick, again, I don't agree with what you're doing and here's why, great. Mm. And we have a debate, I'm all open to that. If you tell me, oh, you're an idiot, you can get people killed. Great. Why is that? Well, you're just, you just, it will. Okay, why? Because uh, you have to do it this way. You know what my answer is? Great. Would you send me a video so mm. I can watch it? And if it's good, I'll post it on my channel. Not one has sent one yet. Not one. Yeah. 
So if you're going to call me out, you better call me out. On <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I actually did the same to the Aikido community a while ago. I was like, because people, I, I used to do Aikido and I, the, the pivotal point for me was I stepped into uh, a sparring with an MMA guy, like a pro guy. And uh, just, I knew that Aikido will not work, but I was frustrated that people believe it does. So I was like, look, I'm an Aikido instructor. I'm going to show you that I, I will suck. And that, that's what happened, you know. And, uh, and then it got me onto this journey of me criticizing Aikido people and saying, because they still wouldn't get it. So I was like, look, it's obvious. And when they would say, no, no, this, your style didn't work or you're yeah, in a specific school. Right. And I said, so send me a video of your school. Send me a video of how you beat a pro MMA guy. Yeah. No one. No, no, never. No. <laughs> so it's the same you, story. You, you know what? Like, I mean, here's the thing. Mm. It, it's good that you do that. And I tell people because, you know, like I, I'm seeing more and more in this community everybody's bashing everybody and I've seen videos. I'm not going to mention names of people bashing other people. Mm -hmm. I don't get into it. I don't really mm -hmm. care. Um, but when you start to bash somebody in a negative way, it doesn't make you look good. Yeah. And if you do it, do it with like with class, with, with looking at everything. So mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? If, if, if you're saying Aikido doesn't work, if, if you do it in a real classy way and here's that and you explain why it doesn't work here are the good here's the bad it all depends if you're doing a keto because you like how it looks mm. great if you think it's the self-defense system overall mm. again you know i tell people when people argue me i'm like look at the end it's your life when mm. i make a video about why you should palm over punch you're an idiot i'm like look you want punch whatever floats your boat <laughs> you want to punch punch Right? I don't really care. At the end, it's your life, not mine. So don't yeah. sit there and argue with me for fucking one hour palming versus punching. I'm going to palm. You're going to punch. Whatever mm. you decide, it's your, at the end, it's your life. You know what I mean? And, and that's the way I look at it. Yeah. It's hard to convince these people because, you know, if you spent so many years learning this, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's like a religion for some of these people. It's like a religion. Yeah. It's like telling them God doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. What? No. <laughs> And when you, when you get into these rebuttals, there's no end. Yeah, yeah, but what you did wasn't really good. Yeah, but you did the wrong move. Yeah, but this system that you learned wasn't really made for the street. It, was a it doesn't end. So at some point, you got to be like, yeah, okay, whatever, and just move on. Yeah, I agree. Same. My conclusion was the same. Still, sometimes I still sometimes forget. Still, sometimes I'm like, at rare occasions, if I'm tired, I get into these debates. I'm like, why did I do this? But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, I mean, you can get into them sometimes, but like, I mean, I, 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 if, if here's the thing. I know when I'm talking to somebody who no matter what I say, his mm -hmm. objective is to rebuttal me. Yeah. There's no point because they're not actually looking for truth. They're just looking to be right. So I tell you, you're looking to be right or you're looking for the truth or together we're looking for the truth. Mm -hmm. Because if everything I tell you, you have a response, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, what if, what if, there's no end. Mm -hmm. So when you're, if, you're, if you're communicating with me, and I know we're actually trying to find a middle ground, we might agree to disagree, but we'll find some middle point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those people I love. I love people. Like I said, when I did my instructor course, I had that guy who was a fucking awesome instructor question me. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, let's test it out. You're right here. Mm -hmm. I'm right here. Let's do it. Without mm -hmm. any without any ego let's just find out yeah. and he realized it actually didn't work and he says it in the video mm. and then another guy took that video 
and made a video on how what I was doing wasn't really fully the real way. And I was like, and he sent it to me. I'm like, who cares? I'm like, he didn't even see the entire video or the gist of it. And here's another thing, right? Mm. When you watch a video, I make a video five minutes. You could take that 10 second clip and say, you see that is <laughs> like, you could always find yeah. something to shit on somebody if you really want to. But mm. you know, Again, it's the industry. I tell people if you're not if you're not ready to do it, just you know, don't get on YouTube because that's what it is. <laughs> well, obviously, YouTube seems to be a big part of your life. Um, yeah. How did it? How did how did it happen? And how did it influence your life through through the years? Like, where did it start? And wow. how did it grow? <laughs> I, I I owe YouTube so much. Yeah. Um, even though, like, I mean, uh, they've changed the algorithm. I don't even make a quarter of what I used to make financially. Hmm. I used okay. to make, I used to, I used to make a lot of money on YouTube. Now I don't, huh. but I don't care yeah. because my, my, it was never for money that I did it. Yeah. It was really because I was my passion. Hmm. Uh, I did it because, um, I actually, at one point I was taking acting classes for about four or five years. I was hmm. doing films and this and that. I always loved being in front of the camera. Hmm. I was an entertainer. And then at one point I said, you know what, fuck all this acting shit. I go, you know what, I'm going to open my own channel and do what I love the most. And that's fitness and self-defense. I'm just going to share yeah. with the world what I love to do. And it was a way for me to be in front of the camera, share my passion, teach, and just share it with the world without really, if somebody would have told me I would have got to where I am today, I'd be like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, and I just, just with, let me just make videos and post them and and it really it actually amazes me to where i got to and how mm -hmm. far it came mm -hmm. and it's helped me with my business with my online business with my with my teaching with you know my camera skills with my talking skills like i'm very comfortable doing these interviews i've been mm -hmm. live on tv i've done mm -hmm. seminars in front of people i don't flinch i don't get nervous because uh, I know my shit and I'm very confident with it. Mm. So it's, it's, it's been a great, great experience. And I'm still doing it. You know, I'm still, even though my videos don't get a lot of views because my channel has been shadow banned, but I still, I still continue to make videos. I still continue mm. and that's it. Yeah, they've deleted my videos because they said it's violent. They've, they've yeah. Holy so, shit. Yeah. I didn't know. Sorry to hear yeah. that. How long Honestly, I, I, I used to make, I used to make up to like two, $3,000 a month off YouTube. Mm -hmm. And now I'm making like three to 500 bucks a week, a month. Oh, wow. But oh, you know what? Crazy. I've, ne yeah. I've never done it for money. Yeah. I've done it because I love doing this. Mm. So I continue to do it. I continue mm. to make videos. I don't really care if, you know, how many views I'm like, if one person sees it and I could, you know, he could learn something then i'm that's all you know that that's mm. my gratification for it you know mm. what was for you the moment where you realized it's becoming big like you were uploading videos and you started getting following like where was the moment like holy shit this this well, is something <laughs> um, when i was about at a uh, when i hit about i think it was like 150,000 mm. when i just out of the blue started getting emails like and calls like I, I got an agent from LA that called me wanted to talk to me I got people telling me when's your next seminar can you fly here can you fly there can we can you want to come to the UK well, you know I was like I'm like holy shit like what just happened <laughs> I'm like and then I got a manager 
for my YouTube channel. Then I'm like, whoa, I'm like, something big is happening here. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, I'm, I'm actually starting to be recognized for my work and respected in what I do. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I got to start really looking at this as a bigger business. Mm. And, uh, and, and that's when it was like, okay, it's time for me. It wasn't about making money, but obviously if I want to continue making videos, yeah. I have to sustain my life somehow by doing this. Of course. So yeah. it's, it's not, it's not all about the money, mm-hmm. but it's good that I could make enough money where I could do this full time. Mm. Like my videos, my YouTube channels, my online businesses, my, I have a studio, but now I'm opening a big gym. So I'm, that's when I was like, okay, so I, I, I'm onto something here. Mm. Like, let me, let me start focusing on it more and more, you know? Nice. Wonderful. Well, and the, the very last thing or subject I wanted to, to look uh, together with you, something we touched at the very beginning, just didn't expand there. Um, so right now, personally, I'm practicing MMA. And I realize yeah. it's not self-defense, <laughs> but, but some people are really hard on that, especially online. They're like, oh, MMA is just a sport and they know nothing. And I would be an MMA guy because I fight dirty or whatever. You know, people are very convinced on that, some of them at least. Okay. So, so you being a person with a great, with a very good bullshit detector <laughs> and having so much experience, what's your perception on <laughs> MMA? You know what, I, t- I would tell them, come train with Davis Dos Santos. <laughs> He's a TKO MMA fighter. Uh, and like he, he broke my ribs like maybe last year. Oh. Go, go train with him and see if you're going to get to his eyes. Mind you, he's also a bouncer. <laughs> he's oh. also a bouncer. He's also like he works in clubs now and he worked in clubs back then. He also knows street stuff. He's like, mm. he's, he, he knows his shit. Um, what, what I tell people is if like, however, uh, an MMA fighter won't know how to set up his first strike. Mm-hmm. right he's gonna do this well i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be talking to him but he doesn't know my hands are up because i'm gonna hit him here i might hit him there i might hit low he mm-hmm. won't know how to trap a knife why to trap a knife i've seen actually videos of mma fighters who do knife drills and they're exchanging punches for knife because they're, they don't have the concept of trapping the knife because they mm-hmm. haven't trained they don't learn about improvised weapons they don't learn about how to assess a situation how to escape how to set up a first strike against multiple attackers mm-hmm. now You take the engine of an MMA fighter, the mm. speed, the timing, the agility, the, the, the combinations, the fighting, the moving, the kicking, everything they have, mm. and you implement some self-defense concepts in there, and you got a pretty fucking good fighter. That's, mm-hmm. that's really my take. And, and Davis, who's an MMA fighter, is one of those guys. Like, mm. I mean, we've sparred, and I know that if I, people are like, Whoa, can you take him? I'm like, the guy's a fucking beast. I could take him if I hit him first. Uh, with a preemptive strike and I nail him really hard. And once mm. I hit bam, if I get that first strike, I better bank. I explode and I don't give him two seconds to even breathe when I'm going to hit him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, until you've been there. But again, when you look at MMA, you're starting here. Most fights don't start here. Most mm. fights start, the guys in your face, talking, pushing, shoving, angling off, you know, a lot of the ego stuff because it's, it's the behavior prior to the fight. So it doesn't even start in the same context. Yeah. But if you take him and you train him with certain principles, certain concepts, then you, you, ha- you, know, you have a very, very good, you know, you, you're creating a good fighter, all around fighter. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give you a great example. Just to, I was yeah. training one of the guys 
he was uh, he was jujitsu guy, mm-hmm. and we were working at the club. It was Coquino. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, because me, when I would work at a club, the first thing I'd, I'd want to know what every bouncer, who they are, what martial <laughs> arts they knew, everything. Because yes. I want to know, okay, who are you? What do you do? What do you know? Because mm-hmm. at the end, I'm not thinking about them. I'm thinking, okay, who's the best guy that I trust the most? Yeah. So one of the guys was a jiu-jitsu guy, 20 years jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, no, actually, I was working. He, he had just started. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, go, I hope you know that your jiu-jitsu stuff is good, but I hope you mm-hmm. know you can't. You can't really do it in the club, right? You know that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's limitations. Oh, no, I could do it. Uh, me, jiu-jitsu, years, I, I, everything. I'm like, oh, okay, man. Like, I'm like, oh. fight, fight breaks out. They clinch. He goes for a one. Uh, he goes, sorry, he goes for like a takedown. One like takedown. He's on the floor. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's going for some kind of lock. The lights are flashing. People are moving. Bottles are flying. I'm, I'm trying to push people away. All I'm thinking is let me get him off the fucking ground. Yeah. Because he's, he's on the ground. I'm trying to think, like, get the fuck up. Let's, don't go to the ground. Not yeah. here. Yeah. Finally, whatever. After at the end of the night, the fight, whatever. He's like, what happened? I go, I, I go look, jiu-jitsu is amazing. The te- mm-hmm. There's some great elements that you can use. But you're in a club. You're in a bar. People throw bottles, smash bottles. People kick multiple attackers. The last thing you want to go is trying to arm bar somebody in a club. Mm. And that's, that, that's when he got it. He was like, mm. oh. I go, yeah. <laughs> go take some boxing. Go take some tie boxing. Come fucking train. Do some scenarios. And find, like, that's the best way to test your shit before anything. Yeah. Yeah, even for myself, I, I start off uh, from Aikido. I went to jiu-jitsu, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then to MMA. And initially, I felt more comfortable on the ground than, than striking, than standing. And if I would get taken down, uh, it took me a few weeks maybe to realize that I would be like, oh, okay, now I feel comfortable. Now I can, you know, start grappling. But then I would get beat it's down. Funny I was like, shit. <laughs> yeah. When I did jiu-jitsu, I remember it was a Davis that, that I trained. I was doing privates with him. Hmm. And just to tell you, like, I've done everything. Like, I've done boxing, kickboxing. Yeah. And, and, and because I, like, I mean... I could afford it. I only mm-hmm. do privates because I'd rather do it that way where I get to train with somebody one-on-one because you mm-hmm. learn much faster. And I spent like almost a year doing private lessons with Davis. And after that, I started training him for his fights, like strength training. And at the same time, I would spar with him and everything. And I remember he was trying to teach me how to do a takedown. Mm-hmm. And I had a mental block. I mm-hmm. couldn't do a takedown. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, it makes like, it's kind of like, don't go to the ground. Don't go to yeah. the ground. So I couldn't, as all I saw was a knee. All I saw was me falling, me slipping, me being on the ground <laughs> because it was a mental block because I'm so trained to tell people, don't go to the ground. Don't go to the ground. If somebody takes you to the ground, great. Go to, like, fight, go to the ground and fight getting up, but do not go to the ground. I won't take you to the ground. If you take me to the ground and I'm falling, I'm going to make sure you fall with me because the mm. last thing I want is me on the ground and you standing. Mm. So if I go down, you're coming with me, but I'm not going to take you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I take you down, it's because I'm standing and I'm kicking you. <laughs> That's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah. In regards to that subject, uh, a few weeks ago, I think the video came up uh, where apparently a legendary MMA fighter was, uh, it was like a push and shove and, and he was very close. Uh, there was this big, round guy bigger than him taller and uh, just just heavy i think he was holding his shoulders the fighter okay. the movie fighter 
and the guy just went for a haymaker and just knocked out that legendary anime I, I, guy. It was BJ Penn, no? Yes. Yeah, that I saw one. It. I, saw, yeah, I saw it. And here's the thing. Why would you do this? Yeah, exactly. Do exactly. Do Talk to him. Like, bring your hands up this way. Yeah. You see, you're doing this because you don't know. But me, I have my hands here. And, and, and I see this. Boom, you step in. Now, I'm not saying it's BJ Penn, right? He, at that time, he's also probably not thinking. Maybe he drank. He's around people. Obviously, this probably doesn't want to hit him either because he could probably go to prison. There's a lot of stuff as well yeah. that, that, that we could talk about in that. Sure. But, uh, but still, like, when, I look, when I saw that, I'm like, how did he even nail him? Like, I mean, but I, this, this is the truth. Anybody could knock out anybody out any given moment. You could be the greatest fighter and you could slip and fall, miscalculate. That's the reality of being in a fight in the street. You're in a different mindset. When you're in the ring, it's me and you. Got my gloves on, I'm relaxed, I'm nervous, adrenaline, adrenaline, not the same adrenaline as in the street. You're because you you would deplete in a minute if you were mm -hmm. fighting for your life. You need the slow release of adrenaline to keep to, to keep you there. In the mm -hmm. street, it's boom, boom. Because mm -hmm. it's survival. It's like yeah. doing 12 rounds in a minute. That's what it feels like in the street. Right? Because mm -hmm. your heart rate, boom, your system's shut down, flight or flight kicks in. You know, you have a few seconds to make a decision, fight or flight, and then survive. In the ring, you're going to go for whatever, 12 rounds, five rounds, whatever you're doing. It's a yeah. different mindset, different type of fear, a different type of adrenaline. It's two different animals. And those two different animals play on your mind as well as everything that's going to happen. Yeah. So it's, and only when you experience both, you could talk about them. Only when you experience both, you know the difference of, you know, after you're in a fight and you're shaking in the street and you feel like vomiting and you're nervous and you're like, you're like, what the fuck? And your nerves are like this because you know that mm. you were in a very high fight or flight. The same thing as if a bear was chasing you. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Whereas in the ring, you're like, okay, it's the worst <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah. Concussion, been there. Broken ribs, <laughs> been there. Uh, yeah. You know, take a beating. Okay, big, I could tap, throw in the towel. Like it's not, you know, there's, you're not actually fearing for your life you made the yeah. conscious decision and choice to get in the ring and fight yeah. whereas in the street the guy is probably bigger stronger and thinks he could take you or else he wouldn't be picking a fight with you yeah. right normally yeah. that's what happens mm. so it's two different two different games mm. and for jiu-jitsu and mma people would you uh, if you if you would be like in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, would you recommend them to explore some type of self-defense and uh, yeah, awareness? Like, I mean, I, I, I've told guys like I mean, uh, I, I've told guys like you know what you like instead of punching, try palming. Hmm. Instead of doing this, try this. Try this. Learn how to strike from here. Hmm. Instead of throwing those high kicks, throw those low kicks. Okay, great. You have you have great grip strength. You know jujitsu now. Let's work on trapping a knife in close quarter. What? Yeah, I know you're punching me, but I'm stabbing you. Mm. Got to trap the knife. Boom, boom, boom. What? Because their engine, the wiring is all there. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to tell somebody, all right, like move this way, trap here, pin it there. They have that because mm. they have mm. the footwork, the balance, all that. So, you know, learn those concepts and apply them to, to what you teach. I trained with... Uh, Bernardo, Bernardo Faria, five-time world champion, BJJ. He was at my gym here. Mm. And I'll never forget what he told me. He goes up to me in his accent. He goes, you are, not, you, you are not a great boxer. You good boxer. You are not a great grappler. You're a good grappler. 
you're not a great kickboxer. You, he goes, but he goes with me, but you are more complete than me. I could only clap. <laughs> wow, that's a nice of him too. Right? Yeah. Like, like, I, I, like, I mean, you put me in a ring, I could box. You'd be like, okay, this guy knows how to box. Put me in yeah. a cage, okay, he knows how to fight. Put, like, put me to jiu-jitsu, okay, you, you could tell. I'm not, mm. I don't excel in any of them in particular. I'm better more than others. But overall, I'm more complete. And then you add the street stuff and the knowledge and experience and the awareness and the verbal and all that, then you have more of a complete package than just being a one or two dimensional fighter. Yeah, that's my, that's my take on it, you know? Now, don't, mm. don't get me wrong. Every three months, I work on a new craft again. Mm. So every three months, I'm gonna take boxing for three months. Mm. Bam, bam, I'm gonna coach. Jiu-jitsu, mm. MMA, self-defense while I'm doing my functional. So I always rotate to keep those skills because certain things like timing, speed, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. You know, like now I, I train with the tennis ball, boom, 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 mm. boom, 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 with the agility ladder, with the weight vest. Mm. I'm always trying to keep those skills so I don't lose them. Yes. And I'm 42, right? We're getting older. Mm. It's, all that stuff starts to go, but I want to be, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, I don't want to be one of these instructors who are just all talk. I don't want to be one of those instructors. I, I want to, I want to look and be the part and practice what I pe pe preach mm. as best as I could. So I still keep in shape. I still train. I still work on all those things. Mm. Yeah. It really seems unfortunate that some people, they, they become a black belt, like even if it's as great as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is, but let's say somebody becomes a black belt there and they think that's it. You know, they're complete. Oh, or... man. You, you know <laughs> what I, I tell people? I, I never stop learning. I, mm. Honestly, I, I don't. If, if I meet somebody and they have something new to teach me, I'm all open to hearing it. Mm. I'm all open to saying, wow, that's really good. Mm. Like a lot of times people send me, Nick, would that work? I'm like, actually, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> good. That I'm not yeah. sure of. Like somebody mm. asked me, Nick, does this block work? And I was like, does it work? Ugh. I mean, you're kind of closing yourself off and they're doing all this stuff. I'm like, I'm mm. still like, I go, I don't know. Let's test it out. Put on the gloves, come at me. Let's just try it out and see what really works. You know what I mean? And mm. it's the best way to, it's the closest way for you to actually see what works is by, mm. by testing it full out. And the best thing is to, is to take people who are not trained. Yeah. People who don't train with you. Yeah, yeah. That was the funny moment in Aikido because if a new beginner would come, the techniques wouldn't work the same way on them. And then, you know, the, the masters would blame the student. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, what happens is they learn how to fall and they learn how to, it's like, it's like a play. I, you grab me, I fall. The idea is so you don't hurt yourself, so you roll. Yeah. But then you're learning how to roll on a wrist. You're, you're never, you're, like, you're not yeah. going to grab me and flip me. You're it's not. Crazy. Same thing when I worked in clubs, right? I just grab him here, grab, oh, shit doesn't work. Only two <laughs> things I ever worked was a choke from behind and this one over here when I would lock in the person. That's all mm. that's it I've ever done. So guess what? I trained the shit out of that. I yeah. trained the shit out of that. Other than that, I've never put anybody in any kind of lock or submission, not a guillotine, none of that stuff. Mm. And the very, very last question, uh, yeah. it's normally a short one, but I really like to ask this one. So if you could send a message to the majority of people uh, and that message, you would come through as a self-defense expert and you would know that everybody will read that message and they would really consider it. It doesn't mean they will necessarily believe it, but they will definitely think on it for quite a while. What message would you send? What that message would be? 
Can you, I understand the question. Can you go a little bit more depth? Because I want to make sure yeah. the direction of the question. Yeah, of course. So it's, it's kind of a thought-provoking or kind of a crystallizing question to purify an idea. But so if you could send a single message uh, that will reach a tremendous amount of people and everybody will sit on it, they'll think about it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will believe it, but they will definitely uh, spend an amount of time thinking about what you said. Uh, so to make a positive influence on them, what message would you send? Um, wow. It's a big one, I know, but it's... But, a, but here's, here's, yeah. here's a message. Is, and, and this is... Um, you have the right to question mm. everything you see, everything you hear, mm. and even your instructor. If mm. your instructor gets insulted that you're questioning <laughs> him... Yeah. change schools if your instructor can say shit well you think that doesn't work why because of these reasons let's try it out let's 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 see okay guys you know what come here he's got a great question he thinks this doesn't work let's do a couple of drills and really see let's all try to figure this out together maybe i'm mm -hmm. wrong if you don't have that in you in your with your instructor if you if you if 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 you don't question people, if you just blindly believe what everybody tells you or mm. what everybody says, or you get caught up by the persona, the, the reputation, he's a black belt. You know who this guy is? You know who this guy is? You know what he's done? I'm like, mm. I don't care. What I care, <laughs> what I'm visually seeing and what's being taught right now, yeah. is it real? Question it because at the end, it's your life and you have the right to question it and decide for yourself if it's good for you or not. So I tell people, even what I want, what, what you watch from me, you can question it. You have the right to, and you have the right to question it. You have the right to write to me as long as it's done in a, in a responsible, as long as it's done with respect, as long as it's, it's done with authenticity and the, the truth, the truthfulness to find the truth of an answer, mm. then I'm all ears to learn and grow, because I'm still learning. Uh, in five years, we'll have another conversation, or maybe next year, and I'll tell you why I went, you know, uh, you know uh, I'm gonna go explore some other systems and be like, okay, they say this one's really shit, but I've never tried it. Let me go try it and really see. Maybe there's something I don't know until I test it. And that's, the, that's my mindset. That's a very good one. And also, it, uh, quickly, it reminds me of uh, kind of a sad moment where you might be aware of there was this debate uh, some months ago, maybe half a year ago, between two bigger YouTube, fairly big YouTube names. And, uh, and one of them is, again, I also try to be political. I learned my lesson and I mean, just yeah. try to be peaceful. And so I won't say names, whoever needs to know yeah. will know, but I think you will too. But uh, so the one which says it's self-defense, but it's more flashy stuff and very questionable. Uh, I read the comments and people were choosing sides, one or the other, who's right, who's wrong. And uh, for that guy who was very flashy, somebody wrote a comment, oh, this famous MMA fighter said he's legit. So obviously it means he's legit. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like, that's such a wrong way of trying it, it, to find it, the truth. It, it, it means nothing, man. Like titles, belts, mm. reputations, mean, to me, they mean fuck all. I look at the content. I look at what are you teaching me mm. and do I think it makes sense? So that, let that be your, 
your, your, your barometer of what's real and what's not, or, yeah. you know what I mean? Forget about, that's why I don't get into politics because here's the thing. A lot of people just want to defend what's right. Not what's like, what, what, like their, their, their truth. Yeah. But like, are, are we, are we looking at actual, what, if everybody put their ego aside mm. and they could be honest, we'd be honest. Well, this system is good, but this is not good. That system has some better stuff. They each, mm. you know, but again, egos come to play. Some everybody's reputation is on the stake. Me personally, I don't really give a fuck what people say or think. That's why I don't get into the political game. People mm. have tried to draw me in it. <laughs> I don't care, man. Whatever floats your boat. You don't like my channel. There's about another hundred <laughs> of them yeah. with martial arts. Go look at them. Go watch them. At the end, I don't give a mm. shit. It's your life, not mine. That's that's my theory. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, officially this wraps up my questions uh so but it's been really really a pleasure i mean as from early on in the conversation it became clear like i always like your content so much and uh, and and there's i could i could name a whole list of reasons why but now as we talked i was like oh yeah it's so clear <laughs> you know the way you're thank you i i appreciate it and you know what um you know i think you're doing a great job i i've mm, watched your you. interviews you're a good interviewer great listener <laughs> thank and, you and again we're in this to find some sort of truth that's it and none of us really have the truth none of us are foolproof there's probably some stuff that i'm teaching that some people could debate i'm open to that i'm open to listening i'm opening to being like huh okay i see his point um as long as we all have that mindset we're all going towards the same direction which is to help people lead safer lives that's it and that's all and that's my message to all the people out there who are teaching you have the moral and social responsibility to be authentic and real as much as possible in your teachings. Mm. Don't mislead people with bullshit because their life is at stake. Now, if like, I'm sorry, I'm getting off because I, yeah. I think it's important. If you're going to debate me over punching or palming, it's not a huge, you know, mm. do or die. Yeah. Right. But if you're going to tell me, uh, you know, uh, trapping the knife, or trying to grab the blade and take it out of his hand, that's, you know, that's where sometimes the gap mm -hmm. of bullshit is like here, <laughs> or is it kind of like here, yeah. or is it like there? That's yeah. really, and people should forget about the reputation, the titles, look at the video for what it's say, question mm -hmm. it, and you have the right for answers to question me and any other instructor, mm -hmm. why they teach it, where it came from, What's their belief behind it? And I think, again, we have that responsibility as instructors to be honest and authentic with people. And actually, just to make sure, something I remember, which I oftentimes forget, just to make sure people would know specifically where to find uh, you online, obviously YouTube, but I also mentioned your website. Yeah, your, yeah. Your so nickdrosos.com. So nickdrosos.com, hmm. so, Nick I have a program right now. It's called the Hero Program, I called it. It's 48 lessons. So what I did is I broke down all the lessons, like mm. in detail, like, I mean, mm. like in school. So it's psychology and awareness, um, uh, common attacks, ground fighting and mm. scenarios where I, I put everything in scenario format. I have brand new fight analysis, access to my seminars in Athens, Vienna, two hours mm. of my instructor course. I have a women's self-defense section in there. Uh, and now I'm creating a kid's program. Nice. And I'm working, I'm actually working on it tonight. I mm. have a teacher who has her master's in psychology mm. who's traveled the world and talked about bullying. Wow. That's all she does. So I'm putting together a program for kids mm. with her. 
program both for parents and for kids. So I'm really, really excited about that. And, you know, I try to, when I, when I come out with material, I want it to be solid and, and real and authentic and yeah. good. Uh, because again, I, I don't want to teach shit that if, if, if I'm not even sure about it, I'm not going to teach it. Hmm. If Very I'm not cool. like, if I'm not sure, okay, look, I'm, I'm about, if I'm like, oh, I think so. I think so is not good enough. <laughs> Yeah. I got to be like, sure. Now that doesn't mean it won't change or it might not shift. But mm. at this moment, I got to be like, this, this actually works. Like the eye gouging. I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy to eye gouge people. It's not mm. like, it's not like the guy's going to keep his eyes open. You're going to get into his eyes. So those are a little bit the things that my philosophy.